Welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. My name's Randall. I'm an alcoholic and your host. The premise here is pretty simple. I have breakfast with a friend and we talk about addiction, recovery, how we got sober, and how we stay sober. All from one of the Upper East Side's finest diners. This is episode 24 and features my friend Daniel. Daniel is coming up on six months of sobriety and he's got some really great stuff to say. We had breakfast at the Gracie Muse Diner. You should pour yourself a cup of coffee and join us. Daniel, it's great to have you here. Welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate it. Um, I guess right off the bat, like we should get one thing out of the way, which is this is not the first time we've met. No, it is not. You uh, happen to be my sponsor. That is exactly right. And you happen to be my sponsee, which sounds like at the beginning of a song, but... But this is not a musical. Um, but anyway, it is super great to have you here for a lot of obvious reasons. Yeah. Why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? I am Daniel, as Randy said. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, I currently have close to six months. My sobriety date is April 17th, so about five and a half months at the uh, taping of this uh, podcast. So we are at a uh, classic diner on the Upper East Side in Manhattan, which happens to be kind of like the AA hideaway. Absolutely an AA hideaway. Yeah. And the staff here know. Oh, like yeah. they, 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 they know us. Totally. Why is that? Well, the workshop, the 79th Street workshop is, what are we on, 81st or 82nd? 81st. Right. So the, the workshop is two blocks away, and so this is usually like you know, crawling with people before and after the meeting. So I, I just think it's kind of been become what it is. You know what that reminds me of is when my kids were younger and they used to go to dances at school mm. and then you would pick up the whole group at the dance and then you'd have to stop at the McDonalds afterwards. Yeah, for us it was friendlies. <laughs> yeah. Same same idea though. So it was for all the awkward mingling and then was for all the awkward alcoholic mingling. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Um and it's not your first go at sobriety. No, this is far from my first rodeo. Um, I've been trying to get sober, like actually trying for, I'd say probably five years or so. That's not when I knew. I, I knew I had a problem much, but like much earlier than that. But I seriously tried taking um, this seriously um, about five years ago. But I only came into the rooms of AA about two years ago. So there was a three-year period where I was desperately trying to throw money at any solution when there was a solution of AA, which is free, um, just kind of staring me in the face. So how did you start drinking or using? Yeah, um, kind of typical start for me. Um, I grew up in New Jersey in the suburbs of, uh, of Manhattan. Um, you know, kind of just innocently started with a group of my friends. You know, finding um, liquor in my parents' medicine or liquor in their uh, liquor cabinet, and then that slowly morphed into finding their pills in the medicine cabinet. Um, so, kind of started, you know, eighth grade with alcohol, and then by like sophomore, junior year, it, it had uh, progressed onto uh, to to pills. How did you start to realize that it was a problem? So I, I definitely was able to tell earlier on, um, even though it didn't become like a like a serious problem, I could tell that my relationship to to using um, was much different from that of my friends. I was constantly the one to kind of like 
push us to keep using them. Like if we used them one weekend, I would say, you know, the next weekend, oh, let, let's do them again. And my friends would say, oh, we just did them last weekend. You know, maybe we should take it easy and, and wait a few weeks. And I, and I, you know, was able to kind of tell right then and there that I was like desperately trying to, to use them as much as possible, where some of my friends were able to kind of like take it or leave it. You know, my, my parents were paying for me to see this addiction specialist and, you know, I was faking uh, my urine screenings and lying about how much I was taking. And then, you know, after years, I was like, I'm still not getting better. Like, this guy sucks. And, and the, you know, looking back on it, it's like, obviously, like, how should he have possibly known if I was lying through my teeth? And I, I know yes, exactly why you did it, because I did it too. Yeah. Like, if you told someone what you were actually doing, they yeah. make you stop. Yeah. I wasn't going to give anyone that kind of power. Exactly. And I just wasn't ready to... to to stop or, or put an end to things at that point. But but it's also like you, I, I hear this a lot, like we start to convince ourselves, like, you know, the lies start adding up that it, like you believe it. When did you go to rehab for the first time? First time, so it took a long time. So uh, my first time in rehab was, was actually close, to maybe a little over two years ago, today almost. And so my, my friends did a, uh, an intervention for me um, on my parents' roof in September of 2020, and that's when I went to my first rehab. Um, and the point that I'll make is that was kind of not like, you know, uh, court mandated, because it wasn't like that, but it was, you know, family and friend mandated. Um, and I do think there's a difference um, in going because you're forced to go and going because you choose to go. So when you got out of rehab that time, how long did you stay sober? So I moved as soon as I got out. Um, I had a good aftercare plan. I was, you know, like a straight A student in, in rehab, like you know the gold star uh, patient or whatever you want to say. Um, and so I, I took all the advice. I, you know, took things very seriously. And I, I went instead of just coming back home, I went to a sober house um, where I actually uh, met Randy. And uh, so at the sober house, I, I think I stayed sober for maybe like two months um, at the sober house. And then it took, it was like one night sometime in November, uh, super cold out. It was a Friday night. I remember it exactly. And something just, you know, got into my head like, you know what, I just got I just got tested. Uh, they don't test me for another few days. I think I can. I think I can get away with this. And uh, you know, it seemed like I could just do this one time. Just this one time. Just right? this one time. <laughs> and this is going to be an exception. Yeah. I know I can't do this on the regular anymore. Yep. But like, there is this opportunity. No one's going to find out. It's only going to be the one time. So how could it not be okay? Exactly. Have that. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then, and then I was okay for like the first three days in terms of not using again after that. However, the obsession was, was unlocked. Um, it's kind of like, you know, as soon as you do it that one time, it's the only thing that you can think about, no matter what you're doing. It's just like, oh my God, I need to do that again. And you could white knuckle it and, and say it was just a one-time thing, but it's impossible. No, I remember I had a, a relapse in March of 2018, and 
I don't know how long exactly I'd been sober for, but a while, a little while for me. Yeah. And went out, and I remember sitting in my favorite bar, one of my favorite bars, and it was the start of the NCAA basketball tournament. Mm. And I'm having a couple of glasses of wine, and then I left and went home. And I thought to myself as I was walking home, maybe I just was thinking too hard about this. Yep. Maybe I just was overthinking this. And the next day, I was back at the bar, and I may have had a couple more drinks. And then, like, two days later, I was there for breakfast. <laughs> you know, which is not how most people drink. No. Um, but it's it's super sneaky. And, and, you know, the part that's hard for other people to understand, and it's hard for us to understand, is where where is that voice coming from? Mm. And I do, I do, I do think people in AA have really great uh, senses of humor. Like I, I, I laugh more in in these last like five and a half months than I did for the whole ten year run that I had. Um, and one thing that I love is is whenever you know someone references their relapse or something, inevitably someone in the room will say, "Yeah, you had to you know do a little more research." Uh, and it's just a really quaint way of, of putting it, and it makes it sound a little, you know, you know, I, I was like a scientist. I needed to see, you know, could I do this? Could I not? Um, but yeah, science, right? I like that. Science. Yeah. That voice is, you know, whatever we need to hear, it's pretty good at figuring out how to tell us that. Yeah. Mm. So you've got almost six months. Almost six, six months. months. In, in this uh, month, October 17th. 17th, yep, 17th. Um, so, tell us about that six months. Um, where to start? Um, so, I'm definitely doing things completely different from how I used to do it. Um, I always like to say this in, uh, when I qualify that if, if there's a 6 p.m. meeting, I was the guy who was, you know, kind of stumbling in there at 5.58 and leaving at 7.02. Um, and I like to say that because... I used to think of meetings like, okay, I could check that off the box. You know, I, I put in that today, even though the entire time I was there, I was, you know, just waiting for it to end. Um, and now I, I go to at least five or six meetings a week, I, I, and I'm getting there 30 minutes before. I have a commitment where I, uh, I'm a greeter, and I'm staying for either staying for like half an hour afterwards or going to dinner or coffee with, with some, some fellows afterwards. Um, and so it, it really is like it's such, such a big part of my life now um, where like I kind of manage my, my schedule around it um, to an extent. And it was so not like that for my first, you know, year and a half in, in being in the program. So your sobriety day is April 17th, so what, yeah. tell me about March. What was March like? Uh, so March was, uh, was pretty bleak. Um, things had gotten really, really uh, just dark. Um, I was like pretty emaciated. My, uh, my skin was dry. I just was like living a really disgusting life. Like I, I would wake, wake up, you know, you know, in a in a daze, sometime at like ten ten thirty, and as a as a addict and alcoholic, you can't you don't feel normal until you you know put that first drink or drug in, in you. And so it was literally the first thing I would do when I woke up, and it was the last thing I do before I went to sleep. Um, 
and uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that, that I uh, had only been dating for a few months and she thought I was you know in recovery um, and I you know was a pretty good liar um, not so much towards the end but, but for a while and uh, life just was getting really really small um, yeah it's just very dark so <clears throat> I mean I, I knew you in March yeah I knew you before that um, and part of it was I mean people thought you were sober yeah yeah and um, and you were using and I know all about this I've done exactly that too. yeah I've gone to plenty of AA meetings where I was drunk and um and there were plenty of times when I told people that I had a certain amount of sobriety and the truth was that I probably had a drink that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of And for me, those are hard ones because I have come to realize that of all the lies you can tell, and of all the places you can tell lies, mm. the place you and never should is at an age. Yeah. Because someone could be believing you. Mm. That, I mean, it really comes down to that, and, and I, I think about it that way now, and I, and I try to get that across to people. Like, every time you say something in a meeting, like, someone could be actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. Yeah. I don't think people do think about that enough. No, I, I shared in a meeting yesterday, um, and I feel like whenever, every, everyone's just self-conscious to an extent, and, and when I shared... Um, I didn't think it came out the way I was planning to in my head before I, I shared. And then lo and behold, 15 minutes later, and it was this other guy's t- turn to share who I'd never met before. And he starts talking and then he goes, and I actually really liked what Daniel said. And like my ears perked up and I'm like, holy shit. Like, you know, to your point, like someone's, no matter what, like someone could take what you're saying and it, and it could make a difference or, you know, something. So, so you're using heroin on at the time, basis, yeah, yeah, and going to AA meetings, yes, and celebrating your recovery, yep. and your loved ones thought you were sober and doing really great, yep, <laughs> spending money I didn't have, um, yeah, and the and how did the wheels finally come off? The wheels finally came off. It was a Saturday. Uh, I guess it was April fifteenth or sixteenth. I guess uh, probably April si- April sixteenth. Uh, no, probably April fifteenth. We were in a at a golf course in like Staten Island, and I just told my friends um, I can't do this anymore. I didn't tell them what was going on, but I'm assuming they probably you know now obviously know. Um, so I ended up taking an Uber home on the way home crying my eyes out the whole time because I know deep down inside I need to do something but in those moments I all one thinks about is just like oh what is work gonna say what's my girlfriend gonna say what's my family gonna say um, and that's when I needed and I was able to lean on people program and none of them like forced me into doing anything but they all kind of slowly guided me to the realization that like I need to go away. Something needs to change, and I can't go on like this anymore. Um, someone came to me and said, would you consider working with Daniel? And I'd known you for a long time, and I, I liked you. And I said, I don't know. 
Yep. And I, I said that. I mean, I kind of knew I was going to say yes. But, you know, like, I just didn't know if you had it in you. Mm. And, you know, you, you'd sat right across from me and, and lied about it. Oh, so yeah. I didn't. I wasn't judging you for that. But I also, like, you can't fix everything. Yeah. Um, so I was like, all right, but, like, let's see. Yeah. And I, my approach was very much like, okay, like, show me. And we'll see how much. And I, I kind of was waiting to see if you were going to put in the effort or if you were just going to quit. And, and I look back on that, and I feel kind of shitty about it. So I'm very sorry about that. Yeah, I think it was a little too... Where it was a little too tough, and, yeah, you, know, I, and you were at a pretty fragile moment. But, but I, I also think like I, I it, I'm here today, and that and that's how it and that's how you you approached it. And who's to say that? Who's to say that if you if you coddled me, I would be in this position right now? I think part of the reason that I was rough on you because I saw so much of myself in you. Yeah, interesting. I saw the same thinking patterns, and that's kind of how I knew what you were doing. Mm. Like, if you wonder how I could always call you out on the bullshit, yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. It's like, I know. I thought it was more so because of your uh, your professional background. No, like, I did the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. Plus, it was an ego thing, right? You think you're the smart one? Uh-uh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that comes out. Yeah. And you know what? We're both sober, so maybe it worked out okay. That is true. All right. I feel like you could be ready for the alcoholic lightning round, but what do you feel? I am super ready. It's time now for the Alcoholic Lightning Round. Super ready. Super ready. More than just ready. Oh, yeah. And you say that because... I just feel it. I do like to tell you, and I know you know this, I was once a practicing lawyer. Yes. You've got no issues with that? No, not at all. all. We're going to put time on the clock. Am I under oath? Funny you should have to ask that question for your sponsor. (laughs) We'll talk about that. (laughs) We're putting time on the clock. Are you ready? Yeah. Three words people use to describe you. Funny, unique, and caring. When they make the movie Breakfast with an Alcoholic, and they will, who should play you? Bradley Cooper. Superpower if you had one. To be able to fly. What's your favorite song by the band Wang Chun? (laughs) I feel like I know one song. What is it? I've already given you a very significant clue. (laughs) I don't think I knew that. It's literally in every podcast. Um, Are you more afraid of the Planet of the Apes movies coming through or the Terminator movies coming through? Terminator. What are the three best things about your sponsor? (laughs) Um, And if if it's hard to stop at three... Oh, yeah, go on, finish your thought. Um, The three best things about my sponsor is uh, his knowledge of the program, his... um, Attentiveness and three, his humility. Oh, that's very lovely. I feel like you could have done that faster. But <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like you had to struggle yeah. to come up with some of those. But I, you know, it's all good. 
it's all good. Um, I, I think you did really well. We'll tabulate the results and see where you, okay, see where you come out. Um, of course, there are no prizes, so it doesn't matter that much. Well, the free milkshake, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Free milkshake. Yeah. Um, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you, Randy. That's another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. I hope you enjoyed it. In fact, I hope you enjoyed it so much that you subscribe. And to make that easy, I put a button down there. You can just push it. Go ahead, I'll wait. (laughs) Cool. When you subscribe, you get the daily gratitude list, all of the future episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes, the official discography, and so much more. The really great news? You can subscribe today for free. I mean, you're probably also going to be able to subscribe tomorrow for free, but wouldn't today be better? Also, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's totally cool if you want to tell your friends about us. It's thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share, on Instagram and Twitter. And I put another button down there to make it super easy to share. So, subscribe like, share, follow, and I will be very grateful. On a serious note, if you need help or want to learn more, nyintergroup.org has a complete listing of AA resources in New York, and there's an intergroup site for every state and a lot of countries. If you want to ask us, we can try to point you in the right direction too. So that's it. You can look forward to the liner notes for this episode soon, And I'm already excited about the next breakfast, and not just because there are going to be pancakes involved. Until then, be well, stay groovy, go to a meeting, and call your sponsor. Thanks for letting me share.